All right, everybody. Hey, listen, welcome to New Life. If you guys would, go ahead and find a seat. That would be great. I just want to introduce myself. My name is Jeff Baker, and uh, I have the unique opportunity of serving on staff here at New Life. And it is, uh, it's a great privilege to be a pastor on staff at New Life. Uh, we are one church in multiple locations. So if you are new with us today, then you're sitting in one of three auditoriums right now. And I want to say a big hello to our, our church body that's worshiping with us down in the venue. Guys, love you. I was down there last week wrapping it up. God's doing incredible things. There's great passion down there, just like we're experiencing here in the main auditorium, as well as our church family that worships with us live right now, all the way out in North Platte. And I want to say a big hello to those guys as well, Pastor Dave and Tiff and all the, uh, the leaders that are out there. God's doing incredible things. It's part of the reason why we're having to launch new services um, and new service times is because of what's happening uh, in our church, especially in North Platte and what's happening in the venue and uh, here in the main auditorium. Just making more room so that more people can become followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's who we are. That's the kind of church we want to be, right? Come on. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. That's a good thing. That's the attitude you always want to have. And so we've been doing the venue for the last couple of years and it's just been exciting to see new people walk through the doors and, uh, you know, grow. And all the people that we took to go launch the venue, God's replenished here in the main auditorium. So it's just fun. When you give to God, you think you're giving away like you're never going to get back. But I'm telling you, when you give to God, God gives back to you in ways that you could never dream possible. Well, I better get into today's sermon um, or we're going to probably run out of time. Um, at, at a campfire, which we're dealing with, this series, and it's titled Campfire, um, at a campfire there are two things that happen at every campfire. Are you ready for them? Number one, no matter where you sit, the smoke always blows in your face. Why? I don't know. I think, I always thought I was a magnet. Like when I sat down, the smoke just came to me. But I've since discovered that no, it actually does that to everybody. So you're not unique if the smoke only blows at you. The second thing that happens at every campfire is that there are stories that are shared. Stories. Now, you know, if you're out camping with your weird uncle, then you're probably going to find that you're going to have some weird stories, like the ghost scary stories. All right? Don't be the weird uncle at the campfire. All right, guys? Um, But there's ghost stories, scary stories that are shared. There's stories about adventure that are shared. Have you ever heard stories around a campfire about adventure? right? And they're talking about, you know, they're out fishing and every year that you're with them, the the fish keeps getting bigger and bigger, right? The adventure keeps getting, you know, more thrilling as the story goes on. Um, You got those, you've got the, you've got the, like the folklore stories, right? And you got the fairy tale stories that get told. I mean, Disney's kind of helped us with that, you know, you know, those stories just keep coming and staying alive. I don't know how many times we're going to have this story of Cinderella, right? It just keeps going on and on and on. So you hear those stories around a campfire. Um, what's some other stories you hear? Oh, you always hear about somebody's got a complaining story, right? You know, those kind of people, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Don't be that person either. They've always got somebody else to complain about and they use the campfire to do it, right? The stories I like best are the funny ones. Um, and if you're, if you're out with a group of people camping, fishing, hunting, hiking, or whatever, I guarantee you somewhere in that day, something happened that's funny, that's worth telling, right? Now, it might be at the expense of someone else, so be careful how you share it, because if you're around the campfire two nights in a row, it might come back to you. Um, that's just from personal experience. So I'm just telling you right now. But I love the funny stories, but stories are shared around a campfire, 
And you, you could be like the most shy person on the planet. There's something amazing. It's magical that takes place when the sun goes down and the light of the fire starts to glow and everybody's sitting around the fire, their face is glowing. Even the quietest person begins to tell a story. Why? Because everybody has a story. If you're alive today, which I hope all of you are, right? No, everyone's good, all right? Eleanor Platt, okay, good. If you're alive today, you have a story to tell. As long as God has given you breath, as long as you are breathing, you have a story to tell. Sure, so we've got everyday stories that we can tell about good things, bad things, happy things, sad things. But the greatest story you have is the story of what God has done in your life and what God is continuing to do in your life. That story, the story of Jesus that's happened in your heart and it's happening in your life right now is the greatest story that could ever be shared. The story of Jesus by far is the most powerful story that could ever be shared. In fact, it's the story of Jesus living in you that has the ability to change the world. Yeah, you have a story living in you that has the ability to change the world. I know, we read the Bible and we hear about the disciples in the New Testament and we go into the Old Testament and if you know anything about the Bible and if you don't, it's cool, this is a safe place, right? But in the Old Testament, there's incredible stories about Moses and Abraham and Daniel and I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And you might think to yourself, well, only those are great stories that have the ability to change the world. But no, I've got good news for you today. The story of Jesus living in you must be shared because it's a story that has the ability to change the world. I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Jesus one day, he was ministering. He was on a boat and he ends up on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, which, by the way, is really more like a lake, okay? And he ends up there and there's this demon-possessed man that he runs into right on the shore. And Jesus proceeds to minister to this man and he heals him and he sets him free from all of these demons, Right For the man's first time, maybe in his entire adult lifetime, he, he's free. He, he sees like he's never seen before. He feels like he's never felt before. He, he has the ability to love like he's never loved before. And so what does he do? He does what you would have done in that situation. And he says, Jesus, I, man, this is amazing. You've set me free. I'm not the same man anymore. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And so can I get in the boat and can I go with you? And Jesus basically says to him something completely different. He says, no, I've got a whole other plan for you. Listen, listen to the words that Jesus shares with him. It's found in Mark. It says, but Jesus said, no, no, you, sir, you've got to go home to your family and you've got to tell your story. Tell your story to them. Tell them everything that I have done for you and how merciful I have been to you. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and he began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. When the story of Jesus was told through the lens of a man who was just days ago demon-possessed, and he's now telling the story of Jesus, the people were depressed, weren't they? The people weren't amazed, right? The people were not affected at all. The people were like, you don't have any authority. What are you talking about? No, the Bible says that the people were what? amazed amazed that's the that's the power of your story your story has the ability to amaze people 
when you proclaim Jesus. Well, let's continue this whole concept, though. Jesus also shows up at a well one day, and he starts talking with this woman who's there to gather water. And as he starts sharing with her, her life starts to come alive. And her life at that well, that one moment, is completely turned inside out, upside down. She is an outcast in her own community. But because of what happened at the well and what Jesus did into her heart and setting her free and giving her hope to live by, she goes back into the community and she starts telling everybody that will listen, she starts telling them the story of Jesus. So much so that the people, they come and they gather around Jesus and they start listening to him. Look what happens in that community because that woman told her story. Says that then the community said to the woman, Now we believe in Jesus, not just because of what you told us, not because of your story, but because we've heard him ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Your spiritual journey story of what Jesus has done in you and what he's doing through you has the power to literally attract people to Jesus. Attract them to Jesus. I mean, look. Both of these stories, these people went and they highlighted what Jesus had done. And I also want you to notice something. That it wasn't just their story that caused them to have faith in Jesus. Their story attracted them to Jesus. Their own faith had to well up inside of their own hearts to put their faith in Christ, though. So your story and my story are not what's going to cause people to have faith in God. Our stories are meant to be lived in such a way that attract people to Jesus. Faith in Christ is something that has to well up and stir up inside of our own individual hearts. Like many of you that are listening to me right now, you're at a place where you put your faith in Christ. And if there's some of you that are listening to me here or in the venue or the the North Platte uh, campus that haven't put your faith in Christ, please know this, you're in a safe place. But my encouragement to you is this, don't stay separated from Christ forever. Be making a move towards Jesus and be making a move towards him every single day. So I got it, right? Some stories are more engaging than other stories. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I know that Jeff, a story and the story of Jesus is powerful, but my story's not very engaging. My story doesn't have a lot of power or authority to it. Well, listen, I I want you to know something. That's not an excuse not to share your story, Okay. And you might also say, well, you know, I don't, I'm not a really good storyteller. I could never get up like you, Jeff, and, you know, teach and preach and be in front of people, you know, like you do every single week. I, I got that. I understand that. But that's still not an excuse for you not to share your story. In fact, the psalmist said these words in Psalm 71. He said, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, though I'm not what? Oh, I'm not skilled with words. Some of you may not be skilled with words, right? You may not be skilled with you know, the ability to tell a great story, but that's not an excuse to keep the story of Jesus to yourself. Stories are timeless. You can tell them whenever. It's amazing how you can be 70 years old and something happens to you in your 20s, but yet you can still tell that story because it's still relevant. That's just the beauty of a story. And so you, you may have been following Jesus for 20 years, and God may have done something radical in your life 20 years ago. That, that part of your story is still something that God wants to use to this very day. And I want to help you understand the power of a real story. 
So to do that, um, I'm going to be inviting uh, my son, Andrew, Andrew Baker. He's going to come out. He's going to help me by telling his story of what God's done in his life and what God's doing through him. And then the attitude of transparency, which I value and I cherish, I want my own son to come and sit at the stool and let's hear his story. Would you give it up for Andrew Baker? Right on, man. Great to see you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So a lot of people now have wondered, you know, like, wow, so the bearded man who walks around the church is your son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just going to let you know, if I wanted to grow one like that, it comes from my genes. So just saying, I, I don't think I can do it, though. I don't think. you, you, think you can. You do, you do it well. You do it well. Um, hey, listen, we, we want to get right to the point here. We're talking about the power of our story, and um, these people now are thinking to themselves, finally, Finally, we get the behind-the-scenes look into Jeff Baker's life. His own son is going to give us the low-down dirt, right? And there's people out there that are hoping for that, Andy. we got to stick together, my son. All right. No, no. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, I told you I want you to share whatever's on your heart. Um, let's, let's just encapsulate your story for a moment by going to the first bookend. You grew up in a pastor's home. That's obvious. Yeah. Um, how did that affect your spiritual journey, especially in your adolescent years? Well, it was... Uh, Might move up to that mic yeah. just a little bit. It was... You get placed in this position in your life where you feel like you're supposed to be this great person and everybody expects so much out of you and they expect you to know, you know all the great stories in the Bible, all the verses and memorize all the verses. And uh, you get this... Uh, there's just this stress that gets placed on you that it's hard to overcome. Um, it's kind of a misconception, and I fell into that that trap when I was a kid. So it, it really affected my spiritual walk. Um, I did think that I I knew God and I experienced God and His Holy Spirit, and um, but I was kind of pushed into it. So and so in your adolescent years, I mean, did, did you stay passionate for God, or what happened in your spiritual journey during your adolescent years? Yeah, so I started to fall away from God, and I was just hanging around with the wrong people, and uh, decided that it's my life, and I just want to do whatever I want, and um, yeah, I started to fall away from God. So in that state, you graduate from high school, and then you joined the military, and you became a medic in the military, and you served our country well. You served both in Afghanistan and you served in Iraq, in conflict zones, and you saw crazy stuff take place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I honor you, you know, for serving our country that way, and I'm val- I value you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. You didn't go into it in the best spiritual condition, and what happened during those, those years um, of the influence of military and combat and those kind of things? How did that affect you spiritually? Uh, I just began to fall further and further away from God. Um, surrounded by guys that had nothing, they wanted nothing to do with God. And um, not that everybody in the military is that way. I just, I surrounded myself with these people and um, I just fell into a rut and uh wasn't going to church, and I didn't feel like I needed to go to church because, you know, I still read my Bible, and I watch church online and stuff, which is great and all, but there's no presence of, of fellow Christians around you to keep you up when you need them, and so I just really, I fell away from God. 
And so when, when did you move back here to Kearney again? Just about a little over a year ago. So a year ago. Yeah. And you showed up, you showed up here in Kearney and, and, your, and your, your spiritual heart was in a place that, I mean, would you say that it was dry, like a, like a desert? Or I mean, what, what would you... Yeah, probably the, the way I would describe it is I just felt like I had a hardened heart, um, just felt dark, and I'd had no care for anybody or any, anything other than myself, and um, yeah, it was not healthy. So that was about a year ago. Yeah. Um, now people, though, have seen you, and they're like, well, man, a- Andy's on our worship team, right? And a- you're one of our worship leaders now. In fact, today you're leading worship down in the venue. Yeah. And some of them are going, is he coming back? Yeah, <laughs> he'll be back down there to lead in just a minute. Um, but you're, you're, you're leading, so you're involved in ministry. So something happened in your heart in this past year since you've been back. Uh, we we want to focus on that more than anything else. What what has God done and what is God doing in your heart that has brought it to a place where you're not the guy that you were? You're, you're becoming a man of God. What, what's going on? Uh, well, with, with coming home, um, I just found a sense of belonging at New Life. Um, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was in the military, and uh, my mom was kind of pushing me to step in and, you know, fill a role in the worship team that they needed guitar players and people to sing and lead people in worship. And uh, so she finally <laughs> kind of pushed me and got me, to, got me to start doing it. I was very hesitant. And um, I just found a sense of belonging and purpose. And, um, yeah, just, it's just been awesome uh, just finding out what God wants me to do with my life. And yeah, I don't know I know exactly what he wants me to do yet, but I'm getting a lot closer to that, and that's all I want. So. And your heart's it's just coming alive with passion, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome to watch. I'm proud of you. And so I asked Andy, I said, Andy, we can tell your story like this, but, but song also tells incredible stories. And so I gave him an assignment this week, and I said, hey, man, listen, I want you to find a worship song that really, it speaks about your spiritual journey. A song that would tell us all about really where you're at right now and maybe where you've come from. And so I want to continue Andy's spiritual journey story today um, and finish it really in song. So take it, take it away, man. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. From my enemies Till all my fears are gone And I'm no longer slave to fear I am a child of God And I'm no longer slave to fear I am a child chosen me love has called my name I've been born again into your family your blood runs through my veins and I'm no longer slave to fear 
child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. figure out how to get the tears on my eyes and keep preaching. Stories, they're powerful, right? I mean, even just a snapshot of a story has the ability to impact you. It has the ability to change you. It has the ability to transform you. That's the power that you have in your story. The question is, will you tell it? So I want to tell you some important things about your story really quickly. Here's three quick things. First, God gives your story power. You don't give your story power. God does. Your story is flat and meaningless without God. Here's what the scriptures have to say about the power behind your story. In Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. God says through the power of his spirit, he will give you power... To tell your story. And that's the only way your story is going to have power. Your story doesn't have power because you have the ability to, you know, orally tell it with enthusiasm. Your story has power because it's backed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you will open up your mouth and let the Holy Spirit tell his story through you, you will see how your story has the ability to transform the world around you. You'll see it, but you're going to have to take the step of faith and you're going to have to trust him. It wasn't easy for Andy just to decide to do this. I know when I first asked him, he was probably thinking about all kinds of different things like, well, man, what should I say? What can't I say? But when I unleashed him and I said, listen, son, it's, I'm not putting any barriers on you. Tell, tell us whatever you want. Tell us what's on your heart. His willingness to step out in faith and say, God, use me. You could tell God used him. God used him and used him in a powerful way. And that's the same thing that will happen to you because stories in and of themselves are powerful. They make us cry. They make us laugh. They they cause our minds to race with new ideas like we've never had before. And that happens through movies and books and personal stories as well. Your story is so powerful that it's like a key. And it has the ability to be injected into a person's heart. And when turned, 
when turned, it has the ability to unlock the hearts of people. That there are people literally starving spiritually, waiting for you to begin to tell your story. And when you tell your story, your story is a form of praise and honor and worship to the Lord. We can worship God here with singing and clapping and those kinds of things. We can worship God through giving. We can worship God through prayer. But do you also realize, right, you can worship God by telling your spiritual journey story? As long as your story is about Jesus and your story isn't about boasting about you. Galatians 6 tells us this about that issue. It says, may I never boast, may I never tell stories except the story that boasts about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, your personal story is powerful when you boast about the power of God. That's the first thing. God gives your story power, not you. So open up your mouth and start letting him display it through you. The second thing is this, that suffering tells a powerful story. When you go through trials and tribulations, when you go through difficult moments that challenge you to the core and you suffer even through it, you you need to know that suffering ends up telling a powerful story. Jesus actually said this to his followers one day about suffering. He says, hey guys, you will be dragged into the synagogues and prisons and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. You are going to suffer. But then he says it in this, but this will be your opportunity to do what? To tell them about who? Me. In your suffering, in your trials, in the difficult times. God's wanting to use that so that you can tell the world about him. Now this all falls apart when you tell your stories and your suffering moments and all you're looking for is the pity of others. Many times that's our approach. When we're going through difficult times and we're suffering and we're struggling, we're typically telling our story so we get the pity or the sorrow of others. When you do that, it all falls apart. Jesus said, listen, when you go through these challenging moments, when you go through these difficult moments, when you go through times when you're just thinking, how in the world am I going to get through this? He said in that passage of Luke, here's what you do. You use that opportunity to tell people about me about me so the proper story of suffering is one that should be filled with true hope (laughs) true faith why because god knows best even in the midst of your struggle even in the midst of your trial and your suffering and some of the greatest pain we can proclaim god's truth even in the middle of it because we can trust that he's still in control and when the suffering period is over and you've healed from that pain, guess what happens to that that story? Does it lose power or does it gain power? It gains power if you're willing to let the suffering of your past be proclaimed today and, and point towards Jesus. The way it works is this. Basically, suffering creates scars and every scar has a story. I have scars. I got physical scars that tell stories. I was racing my bike down a hill as fast as I could go pedaling as fast as I I couldn't pedal any faster and I'm flying down this road and down this hill is like the fastest I've ever been and as a young boy it is a blast until you crash and I've got a scar all the way up my my pinky where I donated flesh to the road that day that's a scar it tells a story not a very good one but it tells a story I got a scar up my leg 
where in a hockey game I had already scored two goals in the first five minutes and evidently that was a threat, so my leg was broke. Now, not intentionally, it was an accident. But I broke my leg in a hockey game and I got the scar all the way down the side with the metal plate on the inside and the screws. It tells a story, not a very good one, but it tells a story. I got scars on the outside, but I also have scars on the inside. I got scars of when I was fired. I got scars of when I lost someone that I loved. And the list goes on and on and on. You have scars as well, and every one of those scars comes from a moment of suffering, comes from a moment of pain. Those could be physical. Many times they're emotional, and they're written on the heart, they're written on the memory of our mind. But when we will let those scars proclaim the greatness of God, God will end up getting the glory. And that's what God wants to do. So even in your suffering, your story can still have power if you'll point the attention to Jesus, not the scar. Thirdly, though, unbelievers are looking closely at the story that you're currently living. So we've got stories of the past, but we've got a story that we're living right now. And unbelievers are looking at that. People that have yet to put their faith in Christ, some of those people are sitting right here with us right now in all of our auditoriums. Because this is a safe place for people to explore Christ. But you need to know that the world is looking at your life. And they're looking at every decision that you make. And all of those decisions are adding up as an evidence, a case for you or against you when it comes to the story of Jesus that you're wanting to proclaim and that you're wanting to live. So great advice comes from scripture for us in light of that. In Philippians, it says this, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. It's so important that we realize that the story that we're proclaiming today is one that people are listening to, but it's one that's being preached with actions more than words. And the advice is, conduct yourself as if you are a citizen of heaven. And in doing so, it will bring glory and honor to Christ. So like it or not, God's asking you, and he's put you in a place that if you surrendered your life to Jesus, your life is preaching a story about Christ, like it or not. God is also reminding us, right, that we need to be intentional, very intentional, we have to be aware that every moment of every day our life is proclaiming this story. So great advice to follow in Matthew concerning that issue is to let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your good deeds. Make sure that the good deeds of Christ are shining out. That very passage is the one that says, you know, hide your light under a bushel. Thank you for you that grew up in church as kids. Remember the song? If you grew up in church as a kid, it was like, hide it under a bushel. I'm going to, no, don't blow it out. All right. Right? So we have a light, and God's telling us, hey, look, let the world see the good deeds. Focus on that. Give attention to it. Make sure that that's the way you're living, to proclaim the good needs of Christ. So church, by all means, don't hide your story from those that work with you. Don't hide your story from your neighbor. Don't hide your story from your children. Right? Don't hide your story. Your story has power and has the ability to change the world. Listen to me today. 
In fact, make eye contact with me today. Right? Make eye contact for a moment. Here, this is what I want to end with. Tell, tell your spiritual journey. And tell your spiritual journey often, please. Our church is called what? What's the name of our church? New Life. New Life is, is a name that requires us to provide the evidence for it. New Life requires the evidence of our lives being lived in such a way that we proclaim to the world that we are carriers of the new life. The new life being what? The church? No. New life being Jesus. So I'm challenging all of you that are listening to me today. Let the new life of Christ be a story that the world sees. Or otherwise, we'll have to change the name of our church to old life. I don't think that's going to be very inspiring. <laughs> I don't think you're going to want to go out to the community and be like, hey, where do you go to church? Uh, old life. <laughs> People will be like, wow, I want to come to church with you. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to go to a church that's called old life. But the way we keep it new life is by sharing the new life of Christ that's living in us and living through us. Amen? Amen. Your story is powerful. You still looking at me in the eye? Okay, good. Your story is powerful, and people need to hear it. And here's the last thing I want you to know today. God will use your story. If you, like Andy, will step out in faith and tell it. Step out in faith and tell it, and God will use it. So today, as we move into a time of response to God, the worship teams are going to sing. I call it response time. Why? Because it's your opportunity to talk to God. It's your opportunity to worship God. As we move into this moment, my encouragement to you is thank God for your story. Thank God for what he's done in your life. Ask God in this time of worship to give you the faith to step out and tell your story. Ask God to give you the wisdom on when and where to share your story. And ask God to help you to live this physical story that you're living every day. Ask him to help you to live it as a citizen of heaven so that you will proclaim the greatness of Christ. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Lord, without the story of Christ, we are nothing. Without your story of sending Jesus... And us having the ability to choose to follow him, our story is meaningless. Our story falls flat. When the story is just built about us and what we've done, it doesn't change the world. But when the story is focused on you and what you can do, now that story has the ability to change the world around us. May we be reminded today that, Lord, with the hope of Christ living in us, it's a light. It's a light that you want to shine and you want it to shine brightly in our community. You want to shine so brightly that the world would see that Jesus is alive. And to the glory of the Father, may we live our lives in a way that proclaims a story of hope in Christ. Now, Lord, lead us to you. Lead us to you. May we sense your presence in our midst. And may we know that you're, you're not done writing the story of our life. You've only begun and there's so many pages left if we'll surrender to you, worship you, 
and put you first. You have great things to do. Do that work in these auditoriums today as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.